Welcome to Administrative Static. We're back, and it's Janine and I to discuss a case the Supreme Court has taken that's kind of in Janine's wheelhouse, um, which is state action and First Amendment rights, and it's called VULO versus New York State, right? Uh, no, NRA. 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 Yeah. Okay. So um, tell me about the case. So what's it called and what's going on? So uh, Vulo versus NRA, I'm pretty sure uh, now it's NRA v. Vulo, actually. Right, exactly. <laughs> it was the, the petitioners are the, the NRA. Um, Vulo was, uh, actually, I forgot exactly her title. She works under Cuomo and Governor Andrew, Andrew Cuomo in New York. She um, was sending a lot of letters to companies that did business with the NRA, basically threatening them with retaliation from the state. Financial outfits. Yeah, exactly, if they continue to do business with the NRA. And the NRA alleged that that was a First Amendment violation because, um, you know, they're a a group that um, organizes around uh, propagating a certain view about guns. Um, And by discouraging these... Well, not just discouraging. By coercing these businesses into uh, not working with the NRA, that Vulo was threatening their first—sorry, was violating their First Amendment rights. So the district court initially allowed the case to move forward. Uh, It survived a motion to dismiss. There was some good language in there about how the state can't coerce uh, third parties into— into actions that will interfere with First Amendment rights uh, of the of the um, plaintiffs, um, but then the Second Circuit Court of Appeals came out the other way and said, you know, Vula may have sent some strongly worded letters, but she was just exercising <laughs> her own right as a government official to have an opinion um, and to further the Cuomo administration's. And- Policy, and I'll just give a little background yeah. here. When the district court came out, this did in, we did cite this in our Shankizi case. Yes, right, exactly. So um, we had it. We had it in Shankizi. The district court case I thought was very strong, and I have been a member of uh, you know the New York State Bar for a very long time. I thought you were going to say the NRA. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that too, but but nonetheless, um, but not for as long and not and not as closely aligned. But anyway, so so the New the the um, New you know New York State usually is pretty good on First Amendment type issues. So I was kind of shocked that the um, that the Second Circuit went this way, and um, it is interesting that the Supreme Court took this case because let's let's take a look. It's got it's got the. Um, the Florida case, I'm forgetting, I mean, the Florida and, and Texas cases on regulating yeah. the internet, right? The, the government. Texas one is net choice. Yeah, net I choice. I forgot the Florida. Right, yeah. so, but it, they're combined. So yeah, you've got yeah. the, net cho- the net choice case where the issue there is the state government said to the social media companies, you can't discriminate on messaging. Well, they didn't just say it. They had a law. Right. But that's what I meant. They they put in a law and they said, you have to follow this. So that's one type of of thing. Then you have um, the case you started, uh, Missouri Biden now, uh, Murphy v. Missouri, where the issue is the, the government said, well, we're not doing anything. We're just talking. But really, they were pounding these social media companies to take off messages they didn't like. Yeah. And whether or not what, what amount of pounding on the social media companies is, is, uh, is unlawful under the Constitution. And then you have this case, which right. is 
basically a state law analog, I think, to Murphy v. Missouri, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, it raises the very similar question of just what the government is allowed to do in terms of uh, its interactions with third parties that are that result in the censorship of uh, speech or abridgment of speech. And I, so. I, th- I, th- I think one thing in the Vulu case, which, you know, all these financial institutions, they're as skittish as cats. You know what I mean? I mean, they're, they're, they're an industry that when a regulator of their industry calls up and says, oh, we think you've got, you know, uh, financial risk by this client, um, it takes an awful lot of internal fortitude. To, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's the sort of thing where it's the exact type of company that is uh, skittish. Yeah, well, and I think the plaintiffs even presented evidence. Some of the companies had said, we're going to stop doing business with NRX. It's too risky for us to get in trouble with the state. So, um, you know, (laughs) it's similar to Missouri. There's evidence that the companies were actually catering to the government's demands. And one thing that I think is of great interest to NCLA is sort of the framing of the question in Vulo, because the the question that the court accepted um, and is going to decide is whether the government's action here was coercive. And I think I think it's important to establish, and we're hoping to be able to establish in Missouri, that that's actually really the wrong question, that coercion shouldn't be the standard. Rather, the government really shouldn't be able to work with uh, third parties at all in order to abridge or censor speech. Right. And so the because they're not the, – the Constitution says that, you know, Congress shall pass no law abridging the freedom of speech. And here, um, the government – and it's been – the government's just not allowed to do that. And so they're not supposed to do through other means what they can't do through legislation. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and I mean I, for, uh, First Amendment law is pretty clear that, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a law. It can be other actions. So even though the – text of the Constitution says Congress shall make no law. Um, we're, we're clear on the fact. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, even it applies to the states through the 14th yeah, Amendment, right? So yeah. even even there we have... Uh, uh, and it applies to executive officials. Right. And um, I have, you know, I don't know if they did this below, but there has been this other, um, you know, the New York State Constitution is pretty old. I wonder if there's like New York State Constitution could have been used, but I haven't ever met anyone who says I've just read the New York State Constitution. <laughs> and uh, well, you know, one of the things about it, which is, um, I, I just because uh, Judge Elrod in the Fifth Circuit always asked me a question, one of these oral arguments about, are you basing this on the Texas State Constitution? And I went, no, ma'am. But I, Your Honor, is what I said. But but nonetheless, um, there you would think there'd also be um, New York State protections because of their financial industry. So I don't know. But I do think the First Amendment part of this, if someone placed like here, I think she's in Treasury or something, or some financial regulator. Yeah, I forget exactly what it is. Too, but, but if this one functionary can cut off any organization from financing, from banking, yeah. from, from loans by just one person yeah. saying, I think there's risk here. And it's not like you know what? I, no one. Whenever you see any of these shooting people, they never say, "Ah, he was an NRA member." They're never NRA members, <laughs> you know. So I, it's a matter of here, um, here they they don't like the NRA's positions, 
And so they say, oh, there's risk there because they took a position that the government didn't like. So it's really a double – it's not like it's not like they they pointed to anything that the NRA was actually doing except taking positions. Right, right. Which is which is really the problem here. It's not like they're saying, oh, they're violating New York gun laws, for yeah, instance, or right, right. or they're uh, they're handing out uh, rifles to gangs. Right. It it wasn't. There is a lot of case law that if they tell a bank about violations of the law, that's one thing. But if they say oh, there's a lot of risk here because they're very controversial and they say things that we think are very bad. Um, That's just straight out First Amendment quashing. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's interesting they're taking this and they're taking Missouri, which we've discussed uh, on on previous episodes a number of times because these sort of raise very similar questions. So it's clear that the court is trying to sort of um, uh, clarify its... It's First Amendment theory of state action and uh, figure out exactly what makes something a First Amendment violation in this context. Can the government, you know, can the government threaten, coerce, work with? Uh, and I think these two, so these two cases will have major implications for quite some time. And the, the one that they've argued already, which has some, is is the issue about government officials with social media accounts blocking members yeah. of the public. So they argued about that. And it all seemed to me in the argument um, that it, it was, is this really official action or is this private action? Oh, yeah. That was a very, I listened to about half of it. It was really long. <laughs> they spent a long time on that. Yeah. I'm still working my way through it. But it's, yeah, it's so that I would say in addition to trying to clarify the state action doctrine in the First Amendment context, they're also appearing to be very interested in, you know, social media and exactly um, what can be censored, what you know, what constitutes state action in that context? Because they took the, as you mentioned, the Texas and Florida cases, Missouri, and then the the blocking cases. Yeah, but you know, as as um, the First Amendment has been around a long time, but I think what these cases really show is it's always under attack. <laughs> you know, it's not yeah. like it. It you've you've got um, Texas and Florida and and New York, and you've got the federal government, and I don't know who. I forget where the uh, who the blocker was of of uh, the government case that was argued. Already, I think it was some local official. There was a big one involving Trump. And yeah, that, I remember. that was moot because right. uh, yeah. I think when he was no longer president, or yeah. when Twitter kicked him off, something yes, something <laughs> happened. Right, but they said he couldn't block. In that case, yeah, they said he couldn't, couldn't block. block. Yeah. So um, yeah. So it is. It is. Um, it is it is interesting they're taking all these, but it's also interesting that these all these First Amendment cases are just popping up all over the place. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be, I think, for state action um, or or um, state influence, maybe we'll yeah. call it state influence. Yeah. Um, and free speech, it's going to be a blockbuster term because all yes. these things will be known <laughs> by June, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, I, any predictions? What do you think is going to happen at Vulo NRA? Well, I mean, I very much hope they find that government officials can't coerce companies into not doing business with uh, <laughs> um, organizations just in, or- in order to suppress a certain viewpoint. I mean, that, to me, that's clearly uh, incompatible with the First Amendment. But I hope they go further uh, in Missouri and say, and you also can't work with them to silence certain viewpoints. That's exactly right. And I hope that... Uh, you know, I I wonder if different people will write it. It's going it's to be real interesting come yes. June. So, <laughs> all right, we'll be right back uh, with administrative static 